The EC Podcast exists to equip believers to make disciples and love others for the glory of Jesus Christ. My name is Bobby Payne, and welcome to episode number 19, where we will be discussing loving your enemies. With me today are Pastors Aaron Case, Pastor Jonathan Mitchell, and Pastor Gary Singleton. Gentlemen, welcome. Hey, what's up? Glad to have you here again. Another episode, just easy subject. That's right. Another Only one person struggles with this. I was going to say, do people struggle with this? I've never... This this is a tough one, um, and this is a requested one. Requested. Yeah, so as we've mentioned in the past, we are open to suggestions. This was suggested, and not even like three days later, we're in here. Hey, we aim to please. That's right. We're, we're men of the people. It's very true. It is. It is. So we're here recording this, and um, I do want to say before we start into this that uh, it's a shameless plug to a previous episode um, that might go along with this. And that would be our 11th episode, episode 11 on forgiveness. So uh, if you haven't checked that out, we would encourage you to do that. And hopefully we um, don't overlap too much, or maybe we will. Uh, But you can check that out, and it may kind of go along with what we're talking about today. So here we go. Loving your enemies. Uh, So I'm going to pass it over to Jonathan. He's going to talk to us just for a second um, about forgiveness, and then we will get going. Yeah, so obviously these things are pretty intertwined, and that's why episode 11 will be very helpful if if you haven't listened to it already. and might just be something good to rehash again, but I think I could maybe quickly sum it up best by just reading Ephesians 4, verse 32, where, where Paul instructs the church in Ephesus to be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. I mean, what a incredible um, exhortation when we think about loving anyone but then especially our enemies the hard part of about loving our enemies is thinking about what they've done to wrong us and the closer it hits hits home the harder it is and so when I think about forgiving someone while it may it may be incredibly difficult and while the wrong may be absolutely awful as to what they've done to me, if I'm, we said it, we said this in that episode. Um, but if I withhold forgiveness from someone for something they did against me, I'm essentially saying that their offense against me is greater than my offense against God, because God forgave me in Christ Jesus of a far greater debt and wrong, far greater trespass than anything that's ever been done to me. So if I'm withholding forgiveness from someone, I'm essentially saying, look, I matter more, and that offense was greater than than mine against against God. And I think I think one mistake that all of us make is is I I hear people say all the time to me, Pastor, you know, I feel like I've forgiven, but then it comes up again, or I feel like I've forgiven and I just can't forget. And and I always say the same thing. Um, I say if you forget, then you're mental. 
And that really encourages people. <laughs> but, no, but what I mean is we, we don't forget. Something's wrong with your mind if you forget. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? What, what grace means is living with that wrong in light of what Johnny just said, what God has done for us. So it's not forgetting. It's not that the enemy can't bring it up. It's just like your own sin, you know? What we do is we take it to the cross. That's our privilege, not to continually uh, dwell on it or tell our friends about it or to gossip or slander about it, but to deal with it in a biblical way. So um, forgiveness is, is something that what we base everything on and what scripture and what Jesus came for. So it matters and forgiven people should be those who are forgiving and loving people. Yeah. And, I, th- I think it's important to go ahead and just say this right off the bat. And we, I'm positive we said it when we were talking about uh, forgiveness um, in a previous episode is this is difficult, right? This is not the easiest thing to do um, when you've been wronged, uh, whether it's forgiving or continuing to love your enemy or figuring all that out. Like this is, this is going to be pretty tough. It's not going to be uh, the easiest thing to do. And it's going to take a constant um, uh, effort in order to obtain and continue to do this particular thing that we're talking yeah, it's about today. Con- it's contingent upon receiving for- forgiveness for our trespasses. And then that's how we then give forgiveness to others. I mean, as pastor said, it's a good little phrase just to remember forgiven people, forgive people. It's just how that should work. Uh, God's forgiveness towards us and in us should work then out from us to, to those around us. Yeah. I think we're going to go ahead and just jump into some biblical references here and and take off. So, G, go ahead for us. Yeah, in Matthew 5, uh, starting in verse 38, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you, and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same. And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Amen. Man, that's that's so loaded, you know. Um, when we When we think about forgiving and loving our enemies like Jesus just turns it up a notch does he not like he just with the whole sermon there I mean he just he just lays it to us and and the thing about it is is um, it is easy to love people who love us and in our world like the whole contingency on friendship anymore is just having people around you who cheerlead you on but really aren't real friends you know Um, anyone even the most wretched sinner can love those who love him, but the way that we shine as Christians, or we are to shine, and I would argue we're failing massively, uh, is to love those who were different than. 
you know, it's we we find whatever sin generally disgusts us, and and then we just like really treat those people as if they're beyond God's grace. Mm-hmm. Does homosexuality really disgust you? But your own pornography addiction doesn't, you know, like does, you know, lying really, is that your pet peeve, the thing you can't stand, but you're a drunk, you know, like what's going on here? Like we, we're showing the evidence that maybe we don't understand the grace of God or what we've been given, because if you don't value what Christ has done, then you'll, you'll project that on others. And that's not what saved people are to do. Like we're, we're the most bickering um, group of people and not showing grace when we need to be the ones who are showing grace. I mean, anyone can love those who love them. But what Jesus is doing, and he's, he's lighting the fire under us, and he's saying, you want to see the absolute fruit of the Spirit coming out of your life? Then you'll see the love for your enemies. You'll see the gospel going out to those who, who hate you. And because what what's the picture? Jesus is the one who gave his life for us while we were what? Right? Yeah, is that we were the enemies. Yeah, that's what I was gonna I was what I was getting ready to say is that um when we were still God's enemies, he demonstrated his love for us by sending his son. And and we often forget that that uh we just live in our happy ho home world where uh like you said, Pastor, you know, we've got our people who um, cheer us on, and and those are our people, and everyone else can just get out. We don't want them because uh, they don't look like us, don't talk like us, don't act like us. They're different, and and or they said something mean to us, or they hurt our feelings. And so, um, we're, we want to encourage you through Scripture today to 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 move past that um, because we deserve because we are enemies of God. We de- we deserve the worst punishment ever. And yet he still loved us. He still sent his son for us. I think what's difficult is, um, first our human side is when we, uh, do, when we do forgive someone who's wronged us, um, when we, uh, pray for those who persecute us, but we don't see a change in the person we're forgiving and we're praying for. I think that's where the difficulty comes in. And for us, that we we are called uh, Christians, we're called to continue to forgive that person. We're called to continue to pray for that person. Uh, whether we see a change or not, that's not up to us. That's up to God. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think that's where the difficulty lies. Uh, is that there's no uh, there may they may never be uh, uh, a significant change. Um, in that person's behavior towards you. Well, but isn't it true the same thing, though? I mean, I've found this in my own life. I've seen it many times. Is there are people in our lives who we will give a mountain of grace to, but our enemy, we get tired of giving grace to. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I know people on, you know, just family, you know, different friends and stuff, to their kids who are absolute train wrecks, they will give a thousand miles to, but you know, to someone who in the least, um, you know, does the least little transgression against them, they cut them off, you know, and they would claim Christ. Mm -hmm. So there's something wrong there in the equity where, why is there a love for this person and not the other? 
who, you know, is someone more deserving because you just get along with them better? Or does, is everyone in desperate need of God's grace? You know, what the scripture says, and we talked about it, which will now be a few weeks ago, but what happens when we're rebelling against God, he is, he is storing up wrath for the children of wrath, withholding wrath that we deserve for his children, right? Who are not yet transformed. He's doing this gracious gift for us. So at least we could be Jesus to those people who are enemies and withholding our wrath, which is not righteous, right? We can, we can speak out against evil. We can call out sin. Yes, we should do all those things. But at the same time, we should do so with a gracious season to all of our speech and all of our action, trusting that the grace that God is showing them, even if it's just common grace at that moment, is what we should be forwarding and what we should be portraying for them. Yeah, it's important to remember that that enemy is a fallen, sinful being just like just like we are. And, and like you said, Pastor, maybe, um, maybe they're not uh, saved. Maybe they're not Christian. But you know what? We were there too. Um, and, and we were that uh, fallen until God called us. Yeah, and you see this in this Matthew 5 passage. Jesus is talking about uh, a law in Leviticus. You know, you have this biblical justice model of Look, if someone takes your eye out, you you take theirs. If uh, an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, you've heard it said. But then Jesus gives this uh, helpful understanding: is basically um, we're not great at executing righteous vengeance. <laughs> I don't know if you know that about yourself, <laughs> but it's a helpful reminder. Um, far too often, I mean, I, I can think of it like, especially when I was growing up. You know, um, I remember my sister, uh, we were, we were playing and most of the time my sister and I got along well, but I remember she, uh, or I think I might've like thrown a Lego at her or something and like hit her in the back, like nothing crazy. Um, she might remember it differently, but, <laughs> but she like turns around and bites me, you know? And it's like, it's a good example of, we're not great at being like, okay, let's do what is deserved for that. And so what Jesus is helping us see is we should relinquish, relinquish vengeance to the righteous judge. Let, let him have it um, because he will do it rightly and, and do it uh, in a way that honors uh, himself. Mm. We're not great at it. And so when we think about our enemies, what's better is to love them. And then the same, you know, to, kind of reiterate what you all said to, to remember I was once an enemy of God and yeah, there may be areas that I've been sanctified from. Um, and so, you know, I can look and be like, okay, yeah, I struggle with that in my past, but maybe I'm not now that shouldn't make me look down my nose at someone <laughs> that should honestly, it should make me look from a place of great humility towards them mm-hmm. and, uh, understand that, the only reason I'm where I am now is not because of anything I've done, but by God's grace to bring me here. And so in my loving of an enemy, uh, I, I'm, I'm praying that God would transform their heart mm-hmm. and that God would do the work that he did in me. And to know that, 
you know, just like Gary was, was saying, look, if they continue on in their rebellion, well, that's what sinners do. And so until God graciously transformed their heart, they will be that way. But here's the wonderful, glorious truth. If they're alive today, then that's another opportunity to preach the gospel and, and give them love and, and trust that God will do his marvelous work that we've talked about many times here in this podcast that we preach from our pulpit but faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. And so we're going to proclaim it both in word and deed, God's love to sinners. And, and that's the great place to start from is not looking down my nose because now I am being made holy. Well, yeah, that's the point. I'm being made holy. Not I'm, I'm, I'm becoming holy, but on my own, God is giving me grace to be where I'm at. And so yeah, I, think, I think we need to be good stewards of, of God's grace in first Peter. It, uh, verse eight says, "Above all, keep loving one another, one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins." Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think if if we're not good stewards of that grace, then maybe we need to examine ourselves uh, because His grace covers us, yeah, and amen. we didn't deserve it at all. Amen. Vengeance is the Lord's. You know, if you look at God's law, look through the at the Old Testament. And by the way, it's not something that's done away with, right? right. We we have a terrible understanding of God's law. Well, we're under grace. Uh, keep reading your Bible, okay? But anyway, they the amazing part about God's law is no charge shall be established without two or three witnesses. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? If you were done wrong and you only had one witness, that person goes free. Yeah. So grace is already built into the law. But what does that mean? In our world today, we want judgment now. Yeah. We want We want to hang people because we have a secular worldview that's prevailing. We want to hang them now. We want justice now. If you won't do this or you won't obey now, we're going to punish you. What God's law says is if you establish a a case against, against someone with two or three witnesses and you don't have that, they may get away now, but they will stand before the judge of all the universe at the end of time. That is more terrible than you ghosting them or not talking with them, giving them the cold shoulder or creating an army of people to sympathize with your pitiful little experience, right? Um, God will judge them. So you rest in that. You know, we, they may never change, as, as we've said. They may never turn, but that's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is to be Jesus to them. If they are who they are, you're going to meet and rub shoulders with and be in relationship with difficult people all your life. Guess what? They have to deal with you too. So what you can control is how you react in situations. If you struggle, we take that forgiveness just like the forgiveness we seek when we fall. We take it to Jesus. We take it to the cross. We seek to crucify it. And when it comes back, we do it again because that's the grace we've been given. Yeah, that... I think we and we've talked about it being discipled by the world or being discipled in our homes. The world has definitely discipled us on this part. Um, put in the political realm, I mean, there is not a lot of loving the what so-called enemy, um, you know, that divides the the room between blue and red or whatever, however you want to call it. The social realm, I mean, you see hate just spewed all over the place and that's in direct opposition of what Christ teaches us all throughout the Bible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And 
what we continue to to fail to remember is how Christ stood in the place of his enemies on the cross and took what we deserved. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the the massive difference between how the world loves versus how our God does and then how the people of God should is that when we deserved judgment, Christ instead stood in our place. When we deserved God's wrath, Christ instead stood in our place. And you have this divine justice of God, which was righteous and perfect, and then the love of God, which is also righteous and perfect, meet at the cross. And what we are trying to do as Christians, or what we should be striving to do, is yes, always seeking justice, um, walking humbly with God. Uh, and we want to, to do that while still loving everyone around us, no matter what, no matter what is done to us. And I think that's, we need to kind of understand that we think, um, we think, okay, if I'm wronged, I should just give up. Well, kind of throw that off. Like, I think counted a privilege that um, Christ has counted you and I worthy to be wronged for his name's sake. And so what we should instead do is if God's given me this massive grace, no matter how many times I've fallen, uh, that when people wrong me, I continue to get back up and continue to love them because I'm not waiting on them to earn love. That's Hmm. not the gospel. Uh, I think of, I mean, we've read it before, but Titus um, chapter three, for we ourselves were once foolish, disobedience, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our savior appeared, he saved us not because of works done in righteousness, but because of his own mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our savior. So that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. So I'm not waiting on someone to, so if an enemy has wronged me, I'm not waiting on them to get to a place where they earn um, my love. You know, you hear respect is earned, uh, you know, not given. And and okay, I understand that to a certain degree, but what if we just went to places and understood people as, look, I'm just going to love you as a person created in, in the image of God. Um, and understand that I, I proclaim the love of God to everyone, trusting that God will do this mighty work. Uh, I don't have to wait on you to perform in a manner that might be suitable for my idea of when you should get love. Mm. Uh, I think that's the, the big difference in how the world does it and, and how the people of God should. Well, as Christians, I think we're far too comfortable with Jesus' suffering and the idea with the idea that we don't have to. Yeah. So the perfect one can suffer, but we should have ease in our life. Should we not simply seek to be exactly like him and count it all joy when various temptations and trials come our way? Well, didn't Jesus die so we don't have to? But exactly, yeah, so we could live the abundant <laughs> yeah. life. And that's not what your pastor is telling you. I'm just you. trying to prosper over yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got your prosper, right? Like, look and read, your, read the book. Look what it says. Look what it tells you. We can judge our faithfulness by the opposition that we have in this world. So if you, number one, the other side of that, if you have no opposition, 
you aren't salt. You aren't light. You're simply posturing in your religious ideas and you're weak and you're probably lost. But if you stand for Christ, you will have opposition. Like we, we don't have to go out and seek it as these jerks do. You know, the people are just harsh for being harsh. We're not that way. We're going out in love, but we're going to have opposition because we're trying to make an impact for the kingdom. When that occurs, we need to be gracious to those people because heathen's going to heath, right? Like they're, that's who they are. They're sinners. So what do you expect for them to do? Without God's grace opening up their eyes, opening up their hearts and their ears to hear, they're lost. What do you think they're going to act like? Yeah. We should expect that and be ready for it with a with just an absolute overflowing uh, river of love, ready to overcome them with the truth of the scriptures. Not not to turn this into any sort of self help thing, but I don't want to ignore the fact of if we're not able to release that and love our enemies, what it what it could do to us as Christians. Um, inside of us, the bitterness that we build up. And I mean, that can affect their testimony and be equally as damaging, uh, you know, because we are harboring such negative feelings and not just loving our enemies the way that we should. Well, what's the old saying? Bitterness is taking poison and expecting the other person to die. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's how it eats it up. eats us up. You're exactly right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the, what I would say is Christians should be the most humble people on the, on this, on this earth. We should, we, cause we know uh, the price that was paid for us lost sinners. Yeah. Um, we should, we should know the love that the father has for us and it should humble us each and every single day. First <clears throat> Peter three fifteen says, but put a cry, put apart, set apart Christ in your hearts that's um, knowing that God is first and foremost um, your first thought in the morning um, when you go to work uh, thank God that you have a work have have a place to work uh, when you go to school thank God you have a place to learn uh, you have friends you have a church you have a family um, and everything we do, set apart Christ as Lord in your hearts. Um, and always be prepared to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. Um, we know the gospel. We've been saved by the gospel. Um, just like Johnny said, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. When we heard the word of God, when we heard that God died on the cross for our sins and rose from the dead three days later, um, we were set free. We were set free. And knowing that, um, and the last part, um, but do this with love and respect. Like we should uh, always lovingly tell people about the gospel. Jesus, the reason I'm saying this is because Jesus never stopped telling people the truth. When Jesus was here on this earth, he never stopped telling people the truth, even when it was hard for others to hear, he told them. He's called us to to tell people the truth, but to do it with love and respect. And Jesus was the most humble <laughs> uh, person, uh, God incarnate person ever lived here on this earth. Um, I love the part in um, 
in the book of John where Pilate is uh, questioning Jesus of who he is. And this is um, what it says, starting in verse 10, uh, John chapter 19, starting in verse 10. So Pilate said to him, you will not speak to me? Do you know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? Jesus answered him, you would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. Sit down. Like, oops, sorry. God literally mic dropped right here. Like God. Man, that's strong. God God knows he's being crucified. He knows he's going to the cross. (laughs) And at any moment, he could have called down a legion of angels to, Mm. um, to protect him, to save him. And he, he, uh, humbled himself to the to uh, to the point of a, a servant here on this earth mm. um, and even laid down his life for us while we were um, enemies his enemies he laid down his life for us so I would say for us as Christians human beings the created beings on this earth we should be the most humble people um, that walk this earth well, and, and even going further than that, I know when when God started to literally open my eyes to a scripture, to the truth of, you know, whatever you want to call it, Calvinism, Reformed theology, God's sovereignty and salvation. Um, I remember using some of the terms that, you know, that come along with that as God's chosen ones. I'm going to read Colossians 3 here in just a second. But people are like, oh, you say you're chosen, you know, you're that's such an arrogant thing. That's such a, you know, like, well, you think that you're better than everyone because you're chosen. And my answer is always the same. That's not what I say. That's what God says about me. (laughs) And if I can't say what God says about me, then maybe that's the sign of your tradition, bro. You know, because the idea of that, that entire belief, no matter how jaded you are to that at that moment, at this moment, let me tell you something. There's nothing more humbling than, than understanding you did nothing to gain your salvation. You didn't deserve it. God wasn't pacing heaven, hoping that you would make the right choice. You were dead in your sins and trespasses. You were lost. You were a rebel in your sin, running from God, absolutely thumbing your nose at him as a rebel, but God, right? Being rich in his mercy, he poured it out on us. He's the one who brought us to life. What I believe, I believe in a way that is humbling. There should never, even though, even though they exist, there should never be an arrogant Calvinist. There should never be someone who trusts and understands what the Scripture teaches about Reformed theology and should be arrogant. We as Christians, yes, as a whole, no matter if you're Arminian, uh, one end or the other, we should not be proud people because nothing that we have is by our own doing. It is all by the grace of God, as G said. And Colossians 3, 12 through 14 says, Put on then, and this is speaking to, to Christians, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so also you must forgive. Above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony." Have you been forgiven? Then go forgive. 
Do you value what you've been given in Christ? Then give it to others. Uh, one of the things that really baffles me is, you know, you have that interaction with Jesus and Pilate and you have what Jesus also says to his disciples where no one takes my life from me. I lay it down. Right. And, uh, when you think about what Jesus could have done in regards to saving himself. And I think all that kind of culminates to when he's, when he's dying and the Roman centurion sees him. And as he gives up his spirit, he's like, truly, this was the son of God. Like he, what, what really speaks volumes is not, you know, it would have made sense if she's just angry at these people, like for crucifying him and for wrongly doing it and spewing hatred out of his mouth. But what instead he did was what he did was from the cross, say, father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Instead, what he did was willingly lay down his life for his sheep and, and all that he's doing. That's what's speaking volumes to this person who's never, never worshiped God. And, and I think that's what we should strive to do as Christians is, I mean, I know it's, it's something that we say all the time, but be like Jesus. And we can be like Jesus because the Holy Spirit has Amen. regenerated us and set us apart and is sanctifying us and is giving us what we need to be like Jesus in this world. And so when the enemy does what the enemy is going to do, as Aaron said, heathen's going to heath. We should put that on the shirt, I think. Next. Yeah, that's the next um, shirt. Let's do it. It's the, the merch. <laughs> the merch but, table. But when, when the enemy does come, what... Come see us at the merch table yeah. and we can sign the shirts. Heathen's going to heath. <laughs> A bunch of heathens will sign your shirt. Exactly. That's right. Every one of them. <laughs> but when they do that, like that, that, that makes sense. So we should counter with what doesn't make sense to them. Love them, forgive them, honor them, respect them, speak the truth to them, do what is simply just doesn't make sense and trust that God will be glorified. So Matthew five, that they will see our good deeds and glorify our father in heaven. I think that's what we should strive to do. So as we're kind of wrapping up today, um, for our last thoughts, last pieces here that we usually do, we want to uh, kind of look at some practical ways that we can do this. And, and I'll kick us off um, because as it seems like a dumb moment, but, uh, you know, I've heard pastors say this, and, and it really has helped in situations where you're dealing with an enemy, and that's to, to pray for your enemy. Mm. Uh, if, if you can be angry at somebody and pray, you need to check yourself. Yeah. Right. And, and so I think that's a, again, going back to humility, that's a humbling time to um, not say, Lord, you need to take care of this person yeah. kind of thing, but, but a real prayer um, for that enemy and for yourself as you are dealing with so that we can forgive the way that we've been forgiven. Oh, man. It, you, you aren't kidding. You hit the nail on the head. Um, again, we can't change their hearts, we can't alter who they are but we can pray for them. And, and our prayers are just a, just as much about freeing us as they are the person we're praying for. Um, like you said, it's, it's, and this is God's design. It's basically impossible without trying to continually hold a grudge for people that you're actually praying for. I know, I know this by experience in my life. I've had people who 
have damaged me tremendously. And where the tide turned, where the bitterness started to run from me was when I was obedient enough to pray for them. I didn't want to again. And every, I could tell you guys the story and you all would be on my side, you know, the whole thing. I could justify it like crazy. But the truth of the matter is I wasn't valuing what Christ did for me. I was holding what someone had done against me as being more important. Um, I didn't deserve anything I've gotten. And so once I did pray, I think that's excellent, excellent advice, Bobby. Pray for your enemies. That's where you need to begin. And Under- I, I can speak yeah. to that too because there was a moment, and I've shared with many people, and I know I know my dad now would want me to share, but my dad and I had two years where we seldom talked because of um, a situation that occurred in our lives my senior year of high school. And I remember God had called me into ministry, and so here I was in my first two months of ministry, no relationship with my dad, um, dishonoring him without knowing it. I thought he had wronged me and I just went and talking to him. He was getting what he deserved, that type of deal. And I remember I was reading the Bible, <laughs> you know, good start. Um, and got to Ephesians six and was, you know, children obey your parents honor your parents. And, um, I began to pray and I prayed and said, God, I pray that you'd help me honor my, my dad. And, uh, so I called him and uh, just, I started with dad. I know it's been a while, but you know, I want you to know that, that I forgive you. And, and then my dad helped me understand that there's a lot that I've done to him. And he said, look, I forgive you too. And so there were in, in this time of prayer, um, God led me to understand, look, I'd, I'd wrong my dad too. I thought I was the one that had been wronged. And in ways that I, I had, but I'd also done things to my dad that were very damaging and hurtful to him. And it was this beautiful moment. And by the grace of God, my dad and I had a wonderful, beautiful relationship until he passed away. But, you know, I'm thankful for how God did that. Just Amen. a beautiful, wonderful thing. Um, a gracious thing where, thankfully, my dad and I both were bought by the blood of Jesus and reconciled wonderfully uh, and it was because of God's grace, truly. Well, only in Christ does that story make sense, yeah. right? Like you, in the world, you could have just continued on and, you know, there would have never likely been reconciliation. Yeah. But because of the goodness of God, like what a, what a beautiful example. Yeah. All right, just uh, real quick in Romans 12, verse 18. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably live peaceably with all. Um, I just want to kind of reiterate that uh, I know for me, um, just personally, um, when I've been wronged and I've been wronged deeply as well, I feel as though I've been wronged deeply. Um, it Reconciliation for me didn't start until I prayed for that person. Mm-hmm. Once I prayed... Um, uh, just real quick I'll just give a um, one example of it um, the for, uh, people who uh, like when I was in Somalia and people would try to kill me like I um, 
had no idea that I harbored that in my heart for so long. And um, it was uh, during Secret Church a couple years back. Uh, David Platt wanted us to pray for the Somalian people. <laughs> and I did not want to do it. I, I had no idea I had that in my heart. And honestly, that night of Secret Church, I didn't pray. I couldn't. I could not make myself pray for these people. And uh, the next morning, I hardly slept. And the next morning, I got up, and it was the first thing that was on my heart. Like, you are going to pray. <laughs> and, um, and as soon as I started praying for people who had tried to kill me, like I, it was like, it was like a peace, that peace surpasses all knowledge, got up, came across me, and I forgave uh, those people. They don't know, I don't know who they are. Uh, they don't know that they were trying to kill me, but I forgave them. And once I did, um, it was, it was uh, a peace like I said, and, you know, maybe one day I will meet some of these people and be able to love on them, you know. Uh, but anyway, that's part of my story. Thank you for that. Guys, as we're kind of closing out today, um, Pastor Aaron, I'm going to ask you to pray in just a second, but I just want to say thank you for uh, today's topic, uh, for your testimonies, um, for speaking truth to each of us today. Um, and Aaron's going to pray for us, and then he's also kind of going to going to kind of give us a, a preview of something coming up. So, yeah, Pastor. yeah. Before we close, um, we do think uh, pray that this episode and all of our other ones have been a blessing to someone and to you out there. And if they would be, just share our show. Uh, it helps if you if you like it, if you share the podcast. Uh, we just want to get the word out there to be a blessing to many people as as many people as we as we possibly can. And and so in the next uh, week or two, we plan on doing a podcast on heaven and hell. And we know that maybe eschatology is a little worse, but I can't think of any more, more difficult place that people have so many misconceptions, uh, wrongheaded ideas, or, or maybe just, you know, curiosities as to what the Bible says on those subjects. So if you have any questions in regards to heaven or hell, um, just message us through the website. Uh, if you have our numbers, and it, we try to get those out to all of you the best we can so we can stay in touch and love on you and, and to shepherd and bless you. Um, give us those questions or come, come see us at church and let us know. We'd love to cover those and try to help you and to be a blessing to you, to give you a more biblical view of what the scripture says about those two very important topics. So, over the next few weeks, if you can, be thinking of those uh, because we'd love, love to help you out in that area. So we hope, we hope this has been a, a blessing to you. We enjoy doing it, so we pray that it is. Cause can, I, can I just say one more thing for application too? Yeah, yeah. Um, in that Romans 12 passage, you have, I mean, obviously prayer is so important. It, I think it helps our heart. But then Paul also goes on to say, you know, um, do not repay evil for evil because vengeance is God. And he says on the contrary, and he basically just says, do good to that person. Like be nice to them. If they're hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them a drink. And by doing so, you're actually going to help them um, by God's grace, 
come to faith and repentance. It's going to, the shame and guilt is helpful. And that's probably another topic for another day about how shame is a blessing from God, but, um, it's a wonderful thing to do good. And so, and he ends the chapter by do not be, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So don't repay your enemy, uh, by giving them a wrong when they've wronged you, but, but love them, care for them, pray for them and do good to them. I think that is a helpful application from the word of God going forward in our lives is do those things. Um, and I, I think we will see by God's grace, uh, people come to Jesus by the way we love our enemies. Amen. Respond to them as God has responded to us. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Let's, let's, uh, let's pray fellas. Dearly father, we come to you today as forgiven people as absolutely unworthy, unjust, um, rebels from you, Lord, um, as the ones who only brought sin to the table, um, you've poured out your grace upon us. Father, may we be gracious people to others. May we pour out the love that you've given us. May the overflow from our hearts go out to the world, and may they see the beauty of who you are. May we engage the world with light, and may you be victorious in every battle. And your name be praised over all things. In Jesus' name we ask, amen. Thank you for joining us today on the EC Podcast. If you do not have a church family, you can join us on Sundays at 1030 a.m. and Wednesdays at 630 p.m. If you are outside the area, we encourage you to find a Bible-believing church for fellowship and worship. Until next time, God bless.